0: This is Sports Beat AM, featuring a conversation with Blue and Gold Illustrated Notre Dame football beat reporter Tyler Horka. Well, we are less than two weeks away from the start of Notre Dame spring football practice. Man, what a crazy offseason. We have storyline after storyline since the end of the Irish football season. I guess the Dominoes started with Brian Kelly's departure for LSU, and the stories have just kept on coming ever since, although maybe things have now quieted down before the start of spring practice. We talked Notre Dame football with Tyler Horka. He is the beat reporter for Notre Dame football for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, and Tyler with spring practice right around the corner. Jack Cohn has now, of course, moved on, the Irish starting quarterback for last year. Tyler Buckner saw a decent amount of playing time this year, although we did not see him in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. Drew Pine had his moments last year. Tyler, as you go into spring practice, do you believe there is a quarterback competition, or is this Tyler Buckner's job?
1: I think it would benefit Notre Dame to, to hold a true competition, even if it is right now probably an 80-20, maybe even a 90-10 chance that Tyler Buckner is the starting quarterback for Notre Dame against Ohio State in September. But I just see no reason, especially in the spring, to give those guys 50-50 opportunities, Buckner and Pine, in terms of first-team reps. Uh, You're still, what, seven months away from that game. Maybe once it gets to fall camp, if you see signs in spring practice throughout March and April that – Tyler Buckner is better. Tyler Buckner is more talented and is going to give this team a better chance to win those big games, Ohio State being one of those this year. Then once it gets to August, okay, you start funneling more of the first team reps to him. But in spring, I think you give these guys a 50-50 shot because uh, you know they've both played a little bit in their careers. I know Tyler Buckner has only played one season and he already has more pass attempts than Drew Pine, but... Saw some good things from Drew Pine against Wisconsin and against Cincinnati. And um, at that time, it was a little puzzling that maybe we didn't see him the rest of the season. Maybe just as puzzling that, like you said, we didn't see Tyler Buckner in the Fiesta Bowl once things kind of went awry in that second half. But as you mentioned, Jack Cohn is gone. These are your two guys, so you might as well see what both of them have and, and make it an open competition, especially in the spring.
0: Tyler, if you were able to watch every Notre Dame football spring practice and you were going to just lock in on Tyler Buckner, in those practices, what would you be looking for specifically? What haven't you learned about Tyler Buckner from high school video or the time he played this year that you need to know to get a full analysis, I guess, put together of Tyler Buckner?
1: I'd be looking at his accuracy on every throw, short, intermediate deep Uh, I mean we haven't really seen third and seven this guy needs to move the sticks uh, with his arm and I know there's going to be situations this season if he is the guy where he's going to move the sticks on third and seven with his legs because we've seen his ability to run the ball on on any down really but uh, go back to last season and think about any time it was third and seven third and eight especially third and long we did not see Tyler Buckner in the game because everybody knew Jack Cohn had the more accurate arm. He was the guy that Notre Dame leaned on to throw the ball pretty much in every situation last year, except for when Drew Pine came in and those two games that I mentioned. So I would just be looking and it's not really arm mechanics that you're looking at, because at this point a guy's going to throw the ball the way he's going to throw the ball. And there's going to be nitpickers saying, well, he needs to do this to get the ball out. I just want to see where that ball is going during spring practice. So Can he hit those uh, intermediate crossing routes when Notre Dame needs a first down? And can he throw the deep ball like he did to Kevin Austin uh, against Virginia Tech? That was definitely his best throw all season. Um, I know it it didn't end up being a touchdown, but I think it was a 40-yard-plus pass that got Notre Dame inside the five-yard line and ultimately punched in a touchdown that they desperately needed to get back into that ballgame at that time. So. I'm just looking at accuracy. Where's the ball going when it comes out of his hand? And can he be a guy that, you know, is more than that gimmicky package? Uh, you know, he's going to move the ball with his legs type of quarterback because Notre Dame needs him to throw the ball. And that's what I'd be looking for in spring practices.
0: And Tyler, the Irish are looking for more consistency out of the wide receiver position. Chancey Stuckey comes from Baylor to be the new wide receiver coach at Notre Dame. You have an article up at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Talking about Stuckey, as he discussed what he is looking for from his wide receiving court, it sounded like he was trying to create a basketball team.
1: Yeah, he says he's looking for a, a one through five lineup, point guard through center, and it was kind of, uh, he was describing it as if it was the new age of basketball. Really what, what that analogy boils down to is he's he's looking for athletes, he's looking for playmakers, he's looking for guys that can do things with the football in their hands in, in a way that you know basketball players do things with the basketball in their hands. So uh, in, in terms of recruiting in, in the wide receiver room going forward, I would expect more um, Dion Colsey types but maybe even higher ranked recruits than Dion Colsey you know the 6'5 lanky guys who are going to make plays on the outside but you know like I mentioned a basketball team has point guards too so I think he's looking in that area you know in, in a backcourt if you will he's looking for Lorenzo Styles, maybe guys like Avery Davis but like I said a little more talented Avery Davis wasn't even a wide receiver coming out of high school but you're looking for that guy that can do some of the things that Avery Davis does, but maybe at a more athletic level. So uh, he's definitely looking to revitalize, uh, you know, revolutionize and transform this Notre Dame wide receiver room. And that's something that we've been talking about for as long as I've been here, for sure. And it's, it's been a conversation around Notre Dame football for even longer than that, that, you know, the wide receivers need to be more athletic. They need to be better. And if Notre Dame's going to actually compete for national titles, They need guys in that room who, you know, you're turning to and saying, yeah, those guys can make plays. You know, Ohio State has tons of those guys. Uh, Alabama has tons of those guys. Maybe Georgia doesn't have tons of, you know, as many of those guys. But I think we saw in that national championship game that they've still got some wide receiver talent that's going to turn heads and win the big games. And Notre Dame needs that.
0: Fighting Irish football talk on Sportsbeat AM with Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Tyler, Tommy Reese has now made a name for himself in college football as a really good offensive coordinator and play caller. We heard his name come up in a lot of rumors about other institutions interested in bringing Tommy Reese to their program. He elected to stay in South Bend. Is it fair to start asking the question how long Tommy Reese will be in South Bend considering Down the line, maybe an NFL team is interested, or if he wants to go the head coaching route, you would think eventually he would become a candidate for a job at the Division I level.
1: I think it's fair, but I also think the answer is just, you know, who knows, because you mentioned Brian Kelly leaving at the very beginning of of this interview. Nobody thought that was going to happen, but with Reese it's a little different because everybody thinks he's going to leave, but still the answer (laughs) is, where and when. So I think it's a situation where you've just got to kind of appreciate what you have while you have it. He's an up-and-coming rising star as an offensive coordinator. you got to remember he's still only 29 years old. So for the people who say, well, what has he done and why isn't he doing this? He's got time to answer both of those questions. But I do think he's going to ultimately answer those questions elsewhere. I spent uh, a good amount of last week's media availability Uh, Once the formal press conferences were done and we had some breakout time to kind of get in a little deeper with these guys, uh, I I stood around his podium for probably 15 minutes and he was asked similar questions, um, you know, to the the broad one that you just asked me. And he wasn't shy to say, yeah, some of these teams that came calling you saw in the the rumor mill, I entertain those things because why wouldn't I at the end of the day? yeah, I've got Notre Dame on my chest, but I'm also looking out for Tommy Reese. And if those things were uh, good for Tommy Reese, I'm going to entertain them. So, and then another answer that he gave is, he has personal goals. You know, he doesn't want to be the Notre Dame offensive coordinator forever. Like you said, an NFL OC job is probably better than the Notre Dame OC job. And a head coach uh, position, especially in the power five, is probably better than any, Coordinator position, saved for maybe a couple schools, so he's gonna leave, and he said that too. He he straight up said there will be a day where Tommy Reese is not at Notre Dame. But like I said, is that a year from now? Is that three years? Three years from now? I'm not sure. Um, But I I think, like I said, you gotta kind of appreciate what you have while you have it.
0: Tyler, let's shift gears for a moment. We are heading toward March Madness, and the Irish women's basketball team—they've got two regular season games left and they are heading toward the NCAA tournament once again. Where do you think the Irish stand right now in the eyes of the bracketologists who break down all the analytics and try to figure out who goes where for the NCAA tournament?
1: Yeah, they're sitting right on that number four line, and I look at ESPN's, uh, you know, Charlie Cream's bracketology thing. Every time he releases it, he just released a new one yesterday, and Notre Dame is still right on that four line, and, I mean, that's a that's as stressful as a bubble to sit on as the actual bubble itself. Who's in, who's out in the, in the field of 64, or, you know, 68 now with the first four, but, and for women's basketball, that is because that's the difference between playing first and second round games at Purcell Pavilion, a building that Notre Dame has not lost in all season, perfect 12 and zero. And if you're the number five seed, you know, going on the road and playing those first two games somewhere else. So, uh, If Notre Dame stays on that number four line, which to me is win one of these last two games, and that's probably going to be the Clemson game and and not the Louisville game because Louisville's, you know, powerhouse, one of the best teams in the ACC. But if you win both of those, then Notre Dame's absolutely a number four seed. Don't even have to do anything in the ACC tournament. But really it's just win one of these last two games, lock up a double bye in the ACC tournament. What happens there – uh, is inconsequential to, to getting a number four seed and that might be the difference between making the sweet 16 and uh, you know losing in the second round so in a really good spot right now if you're Neil Ivy, just take care of business tomorrow night against Clemson and maybe steal one against Louisville and I think you lock up a number four seed which is huge for all those reasons I just mentioned.
0: Tyler, you also cover the Irish hockey team and a first chance to be a part of this Notre Dame-Michigan rivalry, which dates back for mm-hmm. many, many years, including two national semifinal games, both won by the Fighting Irish in dramatic fashion. I always say I don't care if it is tiddlywinks or shoots and ladders or football. Notre Dame-Michigan never dis- disappoints. It's always great competition. <laughs> I guess what are you looking forward to in this Notre Dame michigan hockey series at the compton friday and saturday
1: yeah one of the first things i did when i accepted this job you know coming up on a year ago now was look at the notre dame hockey schedule and i was like man i've got to wait all the way to the end of the regular season to see (laughs) uh notre dame michigan game in person well that's finally here i can't wait i started looking forward to it a couple weeks ago when i when notre dame played its last home game and i knew that that was coming up next so i'm just looking forward to the atmosphere i expect it to be awesome i've already been super impressed with some of the atmospheres that I've seen the students show up to every single game. I bet they're going to be way more intense than I've seen them uh, this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also just looking forward to see, you know, if Notre Dame can, you know, snap the streak of uh, teams winning on the road in this series, because that'd be huge. Um, I'm sure Notre Dame, if they split, they'd be happy if, if they somehow come out of, a, of the season sweeping Michigan on the road and in uh, Compton then uh, that that'd be that'd be fantastic just considering Michigan's been the number 1 team in the country pretty much all year so looking forward to the atmosphere looking forward to the games themselves i'm sure it's going to be an awesome experience
0: i was just on a podcast in the northeast yesterday and we were talking about 10 straight wins by the road team in this series i can't imagine Yost Ice Arena is one of the great college atmospheres. I mean, it is unbelievable to win six straight there. I can't imagine that's ever been done, considering how good Michigan has been through the years and how difficult Mm -hmm. of a place it is to play. Six in a row in that building is off the chart good, but unfortunately Michigan has won four in a row here. And let's see if the Irish can end that streak Friday and Saturday at the Compton Family Ice Arena. Tyler, what's happening right now at Blue and Gold Illustrated? Blueandgold.com.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We have a little uh, Google Doc that outlines all of the things that we do throughout the day am- amongst our coworkers. And it's literally filled from 7 a.m. We've already published a couple things today until 9 p.m. when Patrick Engel, my coworker, finishes covering a Notre Dame men's basketball game against Syracuse. So absolutely loaded with stuff. Yesterday, It's funny. I I wrote three articles and the the only major sport that I'm covering right now that I'm missing was was baseball. You know, I had a hockey article, football article, women's basketball article. So the bottom line in in what I say there is we're covering Notre Dame athletics like nobody else on the beat uh, across all sports. We've got uh, we're going to have more boots on the ground in South Bend once my coworker, Ashton Pollard, gets here next next month for spring practices. So. If you're a Notre Dame fan, go to blueandgold.com, pay $1 for a subscription that lasts you 12 months, and you're not going to be disappointed. We're covering Notre Dame um, as well as anyone could cover it. So go to blueandgold.com, get your subscription, and uh, you'll be happy that you did.
0: He is Tyler Horka. He is the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, and he joins me every Wednesday to talk Notre Dame football. Tyler, good to be with you. We'll see you at the Compton this weekend.
1: All right, Darren. Can't wait. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much. Tyler Horka, beat reporter, Notre Dame football. Check him out at blueandgold.com. 10 minutes in front of 9 o'clock at Sports Radio 960 WSBT.